Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Morning, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. You seem to be a little fired up. I'm a little fired up because we have Hillary back. Hi, Hillary. <laughs> Hi, Nia. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm excellent. How are you? I'm doing good. So Hillary Miller is um, the copyright librarian. That's the shorthand. I'm sure she's got a foofier title than that, but that's what I'm rolling with this morning because it's, you know, early. Um, and we, we, we've been saving up to talk about this because the last case that we're going to talk about is for the summer is for, for, sorry, for the, what is it, the October 2019 term? Is that what it's technically called, Augie? Yes. Uh, the last case we're going to talk about is booking, which I am going to declare from the outset, the Supremes got wrong. They just, <laughs> they got it wrong. I completely disagree. It's the all bad channel. <laughs> and I'm going down with the ship. Uh, so that's what I'm that's what I've decided but Hillary's back here to talk to us not only about that but she's got a bunch of other really cool interesting things to talk about um, with sort of where this conceivably could take us because this could be the the first drip on a lot of dripping water on stones kind of thing to do some changing so let's start with booking so Augie can you brief the case for us briefly yeah so uh, as uh, many of you all might know, um, there is a company called Booking.com, um, uh, and basically it's a place where you can go ahead and book all facets of your travel, okay, from rooms to airlines to Airbnbs to cars, etc. It's funny that this case came up at a time when you couldn't do any of that. Any of that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that so, that that's, should be in that Atlanta Morissette song, Ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, so uh, Booking.com, like many companies, uh, applied um, for a trademark. Um, and you do this through the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So in a previous podcast episode, um, uh, Nia and I spoke with uh, Hillary, okay, about patents and trademarks, okay? We also do, do another one with copyrights. You guys got to listen to all three of these because these are like really cool together. Anyways, okay, gratuitous self-plug. All right. So the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, uh, I'm just going to go by the acronym UPTO. I've always wanted to say that. UPTO. Anyways, UPTO it, denied... Is it the USPTO? Yes. I, okay. I, I, You're yes. just going to call it UPTO? All right. I'll roll with it. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, hey, for those of us who teach uh, bureaucracies, uh, acronyms are our life, right? Oh, okay. yeah, don't even get me started. There ought to be a book of acronyms for every acronym in the government because every, every agency has them. Oh, oh yeah. that's a that's a quab knot. And you're like, what the heck's a quab knot? And then they give you some big, long, involved mm -hmm. title for something. Okay, whatever. So anyways, the trademark office denied uh, the request from booking.com. Um, and basically, uh, it's because the office had, a, a, you know, a pretty well-established policy uh, that you don't get trademarks for generic terms for goods and services. And let's face it, most of us when we are, uh, are going to plan a trip, or if we do so in the future, we say we are going to book the trip, right? Well, yeah, so, you have booking agents, you have, I yes. mean, like that's a thing. Yes, okay. Um, so the company uh, challenged uh, the uh, uh, agency's decision um, and uh, the federal district court um, uh, went ahead and held for the company. The Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed. So the agency uh, filed a, a writ of certiorari, an appeal with the U.S. Supreme Court, because basically the lower courts uh, overturned a longstanding policy. Um, and as we discussed in the previous podcast episode, there's a bureaucratic, if you will, 
I don't know, pathology is the wrong word, but there, you know, bureaucracies like to establish bright line rules because they have to go ahead and deal with all kinds of similar situations. So to avoid being called arbitrary and capricious, they established a broad rule that applies to as many, if you will, people or situations that are similar in nature, okay? There's also an underlying logic, which I believe both uh, uh, Nia, you and Hillary are going to explore. And the, the underlying logic was booking is a generic, if you will, phrase that no company should be able to get a trademark for. And, you know, and again, just real briefly, trademarks serve the purpose of establishing, okay, a brand name, right? You know, think about Coca-Cola or Amazon or Apple, whatever the case may be. Now, if you think about Apple, for instance, you know, Apple is a generic fruit, you know, word. <laughs> on, the, on the other hand, okay, uh, in the business world, within the technology industry, it denotes a particular company and a whole list of products. Right? Right. Okay. Well, and I think Hillary was talking about what consumers recognize as a as a brand right hillary that's what you were yeah that seems like one of the the core things that they found here was that we're going to grant this exception here because people say they know what booking.com is they recognize it that's the place they go to they know who the company is although maybe the evidence that booking.com used for that was a little bit a little bit sketchy. Yeah, I'm going to use side eye, which nobody can see because we're on the we're uh, audio, not only not video. But I'm giving side eye to Booking.com because they put out a survey and said, "Hey, do you recognize our name?" Like, well, I mean, and they didn't get a hundred percent, which is still funny. You know, like, come you're, on, you're here on our website, probably. <laughs> do you know who we are? Yeah. So basically, um, uh, the Supreme Court in an eight to one vote. Uh, ruled in favor of booking.com. Yes, um, eight of them were wrong and me and Breyer were right. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the majority opinion was written by Justice Ginsburg. Uh, there was a concurrence, uh, which Hillary has already mentioned by uh, Justice uh, Sotomayor. Um, and then there was one dissent uh, uh, by Justice Stephen Breyer. Um, now in brief, Ginsburg just went ahead and came, uh, just went ahead and said, um, uh, you know, uh, historically exceptions have been granted to the agency's policy um, and the agency needs to kind of sort of back away from this, you know, broad rule. In particular, as Ginsburg points out, if you read Ginsburg's majority opinion, she makes it very clear, Congress does not mandate okay, in the law that generic words cannot be trademarked. So it's entirely up to the agency. So unless the agency can go ahead and justify a bright line rule against the use of generic words or phrases uh, to be trademarked, uh, then a company should be able to, at least in court, okay, make the plausible argument that a generic word is associated with their company, their products, their work, their services, right? Now, as Hillary pointed out, one of the difficulties, and this is one of the difficulties now going forward for the agency is, how do you determine whether or not a generic word or phrase is associated with a particular company? Booking.com did, <laughs> a survey that went ahead and showed that, okay, some people in the survey associated booking with the company and therefore... Yeah, but like 33% didn't. Not, did not. That's right. I mean, or some, some number, like they're like, we got more than half. I'm like, well, that's not... Okay. Sorry, okay. I interrupted. I, I'm feisty about this because I think there is a... I think there's an easy rule. I think there's an easy rule to be made, which is if that word appears in the OED, you cannot claim it as yours. 
uh, and it, yes, it would apply to Apple, in your face, Apple. Um, and it would apply to Amazon, in your face, Bezos, right? Like it would apply to words that appear in the OED. If we all agree that's a word, which the generally speaking, that's with the OED in English, we agree that's a word in English, then you can't have it for yourself. You can't hoard it, you chucklehead. Which is what I wish that Breyer's, I know that it's not what his dissent, so I know his dissent did not call anybody a chucklehead, but they should have. He should have, because I just, I'm appalled. I'm appalled by the idea that somebody can take a word and co-opt it to, to be a brand thing. Like, the, what, what is it, Expedia? They didn't do that, right? They went out and made up a word, and now everybody goes, oh, I know what that is, and they, I, I don't know. All right, all right. Everybody yeah, really needs to lean this. into what the pharmaceutical industry does, where they make up these, like, vaguely real-sounding, sort of <laughs> from a real you know, Greek exactly. word that implies some nice meaning. Yeah. Exactly. I take yeah. malzavifram or whatever, and you're like, what the heck is that? And you're like, oh, it's for, you know, toes or whatever. Yeah. And they just make up something that's sort of vaguely toe-ish sounding. You're right. The, the, that's what they should do. Instead of being able to say, I'm going to take a word like booking, or I'm going to take a word like beauty, or I'm going to take a word like pets. You know, like the, those, the, I don't know. And Apple at first, it did cause confusion. I know that people don't remember that because I'm a thousand years old and a lot of people who listen to this podcast are not a thousand years old. Augie's a thousand years old, so he probably remembers. But when Apple came out as these horribly chunky things that you sat on your desk and turned on and an hour later they actually had something on the screen, remember those? Yes. They caused confusion. They had to... And and the reason it's named Apple is because it was for education, right? It was is like a what you give a teacher. It's the whole. Yes. A, yes. That was the theming of it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, you know, it was because back in the day, the trope was you took your teacher an apple, right, as a as a gift. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Blah blah mm. blah. But it it was a, it was yeah, it was a thing. That's why there's an apple with a bite out of it. Theoretically, it's a teacher in an educational yeah, setting. Today, yeah, today you're prohibited from giving teachers apples. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> and, and I'm not surprised because who knows what people, you know. But anyway, yes, that was back when you could give teachers gifts that weren't gift cards to, you know. Yeah, it was not seen as a form of, um, of, uh, of, of economic transaction. Okay, right. before fa- <laughs> to court favor to get a good grade. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, but I think there's an interesting question here to be to be dug in, um, Hillary. For you, is so if you can trademark something so bland that what's to stop someone from trademarking everything? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if Augie just sat around and looked in his house and said, I'm going to trademark microphone. I'm going to trademark desk. I'm going to trademark, like all these words. Yeah. What's, well, what's so, to prevent yeah. him from doing that? No, I'm not that he would, because there's... I got, other, yeah, I got other things to there's, do. I was going to say, there's a lot of forms to fill out, right? Like, which I'm sure he's not interested in doing, but still, what if he decided to do that? Like, what's the? I work at a university. I spend way too much time filling out way too many forms, right? So, I'm not filling out a whole bunch more for the patent and trademark office. But hypothetically, okay, it's a really good question, right, Hillary? Yeah, okay. because so there's a there is a rich history of kind of doing what you talk about there in a lot of other areas of intellectual property, and now in relation to the booking case with like web domain names, just the idea of squatting or trolling. So like patent trolling is one you'll hear about where people sort of invent a small piece of something and they bring it to market, quote unquote, just enough to show, yeah, this is a real thing. And they can, they don't really have to keep selling it. They can just make other people pay them money when they want to incorporate that into their new invention or something. Patents are full of this kind of trolling, okay. revenue sharing, and you've got to, you've got to know 
who invented every piece of your mousetrap and pay them some money for the part they contributed. Totally ripe with it. Copyright, maybe, you know, not, not quite as much. Um, web domains, oh my gosh. And this is interesting because this is like a clashing area of these two sort of, um, you know, giant spheres of, of trademark and, and web domain registration. People absolutely squat and sit on web domains um, for famous people, for businesses, for generic words that they think someone might want, you know, the, the leading, you know, website to sometime. But trademark law is designed to be different. It seems like it doesn't always work out like that in practice, but it's meant to prevent that kind of squatting. So the idea behind a trademark is you're not going to get the trademark unless you can show that you are using it. You are actively using it as a part of your business. You're promoting yourself through it. You are, you know what I mean? You, you are using it. You can't just trademark the thing, sit there, squat. Um, and you can lose your trademark. And I think we've talked about this in the past too. If you aren't using it, if you aren't protecting it, if you, um, you know, other people start using it and it becomes sort of watered down and no one would recognize it as a part of your business. So in, in theory, trademark law should be different. You shouldn't be able to do this squatting, this trolling of things. But now that web domains are, are open, adding a .com, a dot who knows, a .org, a dot .whatever to it makes it unique enough. Yeah, because now you're talking, yeah, because you're talking about the intersection of, of a trademark, mm -hmm. but then the registration of uh, an internet name, mm -hmm. okay, a, a specific location, okay, and, and that's, and, and so, you know, Nia, uh, before the pot, uh, before we began recording this morning, you know, Nia mentioned something that happens a lot in the political world. You actually have individuals who will uh, look at potential candidates for future elections and then go ahead and claim, okay, their potential name, okay, or website, okay, before the election and force a candidate or candidates to pay them a sum of money to give up the domain name, okay, before they can become, you know, an announced elected official. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a truly savvy person before they even put themselves up for a nomination would buy all the variations of their name that they could get. Mm -hmm. Because, and I, I uh, the example I used this morning when we were chatting about it before we, before we decided to start recording, um, was the, I know, they was the, I'm sorry, these guys were being interesting. I'm like, stop it, stop it, I haven't started recording yet. Um, so it was, it's Rick Santorum. If you Google Rick Santorum, which I would say do not do at work and do not do where anybody who is of delicate sensibilities, your mother, your grandmother, your, your children, your, your children can see the result. Um, at least it used to be, and I haven't done it in a while. I'm not going to do it on my work computer. So uh, that will live as a question. Um, it would bring up something rather, uh, Unseemly. Yes, that's yes. a good way to put it. Um, another person who regularly does this is John Oliver, right? John Oliver, almost always when he's trying to make a point, he gets some sort of, of domain mm -hmm. so that he can say, you know, he also does it with hashtags a lot too. He, he develops them before he, de or while he's developing the story. But it, I don't, I, I'm not a, I, I, I wish that there was some way that there could be a, a, a regulation of you can't take somebody's name to force them to pay you for it. It's like you're talking about with the patents. Oh no, that little screw thingy is I made that and you're going to have to pay me in order to use it or you're going to have to pay me every time a thing is made with that in there. Um, I know that software that it, there's a lot of proprietary software that works that way as well. I just, that just doesn't seem like it's very, um, in the spirit of sort of capitalist entrepreneurialness, you know, to, to, that's part of why I'm, I'm sort of appalled overall by this ruling is that it seems to me like it crushes competition. If, 
if you're allowed to use a word and have ownership of the word and it doesn't uh, it's not that way with names but it is that way with generic words if they all if they're the only people who get to say that they're booking something then that's that could conceivably have a deleterious effect on other people's companies that book things well i mean a good way to think about this is that you have two competing uh or uh uh, uh two elements of capitalism that are in competition here. Because on one hand, as Breyer points out in his dissent in this case, um, you know, booking.com effectively gets to go ahead and limit competition in regards to the use of that word um, for a, a rather significant industry. Okay. On the other hand, okay, Uh, If you think back to uh, our podcast episode where um, Hillary and I got into a somewhat theoretical discussion about what what is the purpose of patents and copyrights? Well, the framers wanted to encourage people to engage in innovative thinking, writing, um, you know, creativity, etc. One of the ways you do that is to allow them to you know, in the work of, for instance, you know, for instance, uh, a song, they get to copyright the song and make money off of it, give them an incentive to be artistic, right? Um, a patent, okay, flows from the same logic. Um, we want to encourage people outside of government to engage in innov- innovative behavior and thinking. And one of the ways, at least, you know, you know, the framers, you know, uh, thought about it was if we give them a way to protect their creation and make money off of it, more people would be interested or willing to do it. So those, if you will, um, uh, impulses are in competition here. Okay. Because, you know, uh, a more recent example that we see in the news is the, uh, Uh, The team formerly known as the Washington Redskins football team decided to go ahead and change their nickname. Okay. The difficult. Not a nickname, right? And part of the reason. They decided to not have one. They're just called Washington. The Washington football team. But one of the reasons why they haven't come up with a nickname yet is a guy a few years ago when the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins was getting criticized for having an offensive nickname to Native Americans, decided to go ahead and claim trademarks for a whole bunch of potential names. Yep, and he actually went, this is interesting, he went a step further, he didn't just register um, domain names, he was been registering trademarks. Yes. But as you know, you can't just squat on those. So he's actually done the work of registering them. He has spent money um, creating merchandise mm-hmm. for all of these as of yet non-existent teams so that he can show that he is mm-hmm. actually doing some business under these names. So yeah, so he, they're gonna, they're gonna, if they want any of those, they're gonna have to come to him. Now, I think he's pretty much recognized that he's gonna lose. Well, in court, if they, you know, they're very powerful and I think he's interested and, you know, he'll, he said, I'll sell it to you for a good price. I'm not going to fight you on this. We don't have to go to court. Um, But it's interesting. Does, I mean, dozens and dozens of names that he has just been waiting for this day. Wow. That's, yeah. Well, I guess that everybody plans ahead. Some people plan for retirement. Um, But I have a question about that. So could you do that as a means? I mean, isn't the other part of that that you could do that as a means to just prevent that company from having those names? Like, let's just say for the sake of argument that Redskins had not been the previous name of this team and they, and someone out there wanted to prevent them from using Mm. a, a term that would potentially be offensive or that is offensive to native Americans. So they simply took it to prevent other people from having it. Right, like not to yeah, they, sell they it to them, it. but just to keep them from using yeah, the name because, okay. 
Yeah, they could do it. As long as they keep, as long as they what, make merchandise or keep showing that they're using it in some way? Yes. And and again, that's anti-competitive. On the other hand, it's very creative thinking. So which impulse are we going to go ahead and honor? Yeah, I'm, well, see, (laughs) I, I want you to know, listeners, that it's hard for me when I agree with Breyer. It's hard for me because we're just not wired up the same way most of the time, like the way we think about things. But I, I don't know. I, and Hillary, you, I don't, I don't think you've, you've said how you feel about it yet. Um, I just, I'm just stuck on the idea of normal words, of normal words being now trademarked in some way that I'm going to have to care about. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I found it interesting um, that I, I didn't know before this that Justice Sotomayor was a former, um, she did, came from intellectual property. She was an intellectual property litigator. So I actually didn't realize that we had someone on the court with that kind of experience. And I thought at least her approach to this was interesting because she did agree with the majority opinion, but she also filed her own concurrence. Um, that was just a little bit more specific, a little bit more nuanced to the situation. Um, so, you know, in some ways I'm looking at hers and trying to say like, okay, well, she, she's got the experience in this. She's made it to the highest court in the land. Did she make the right call here with, with her nuance? And I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think that, oh God, trademark is, it's already so messy. This just seems like it's going to make it even messier and maybe that's my impulse that stresses me out about this kind of thing where i'm like i don't know right just make the bright line rule just just make it simple the one the one reason i am sympathetic to booking.com and why i think that we're going to continue to struggle with this is that we're now in this age of industry or whatever where they are they are only a virtual company they only exist on their website Yes. There's no, there's no physical product. Yep. There's no physical location. So in that sense, they didn't pick a great name because they just wanted to be booking.com. But what, what other protection would be available to them besides this? If you think about their website as the only location in interweb space where they exist, they have the domain name. Is that enough for them to do everything they need to do as a business entity and we're go- we're only going to see more and more companies businesses that only exist as a web page basically okay i have to ask a brief question has augie been coaching you on making me say oh man <laughs> about my arguments <laughs> because that's a totally legit argument which pisses me off um, <laughs> because that you're right that if if the company is a virtual company then they do have to protect their virtual presence because they have no backup presence to protect like unlike the formerly named Washington Redskins they have a great big stadium they have a big chunk of land here in Richmond they have, they have a bunch of players they have merchandise yeah. right like they have physical presence in the world yeah, they have a they have a tangible product that for you know sixteen games over seventeen weekends, and if they're actually good enough, actually extends into the playoffs <laughs> that you can actually point to, right? right? But as Hillary points out, so much of e-commerce today, okay, only exists on the internet. It's not like Amazon, you know, delivering products to everybody's front doors. Right. Booking.com. Okay, you can do a complete transaction. And trust me, I've used Expedia, I've used Booking.com, right? Everything is on my phone. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there, is no hard, there is no hard copy ticket. There's no hard copy reservation that I've printed up from my printer. Okay, it's just all on my phone. All right, Hillary, you've aggravated me now. Because now I have to stop and think about that. that that's, a, that's a legitimate concern for those businesses. Um, in a way that Amazon, Amazon has warehouses and it has people and it has, well, I'm sure booking has people too, but I mean, it has physical objects and it has storage places where they, and now they have Whole Foods, right? Like they have, 
they have an on the ground presence, but you're right. Booking yeah, so do they even, do they even need to worry about a trademark for amazon.com? They've got they've got a lot of other stuff going on. So is this only really going to apply to a business where their domain name is everything to them? Ugh. So in in again and I know Nia you don't like this when I say this, but if you read <laughs> if you read the case, you read the three different opinions, right? You're getting three different perspectives on, if you will, a government function, trademarking, right? Which, by the way, is not required in the Constitution, okay? You know, Congress went ahead and responded to uh, a need ex exhibited by the business community, okay? But also to help consumers, okay? Because, you know, as you know, folks in business schools across the country will tell you, consumers frequently re rely upon trademarked brand names in making decisions, good or bad. Right. Right. Well, bad. loyalty. There's brand. I mean, there's whole yes. programs that talk about brand, about brand loyalty, loyalty and how to build it and okay, it's and train et people to do that. Yeah. But if you read the three opinions, you get three different perspectives. You know, Ginsburg's. You know. Sorry, agency, you're going to have to come up with a more nuanced way of looking at trademarks, okay, that deal with, if you will, generic words and phrases. Sotomayor, who says, okay, fine, assume that we do force the agency to recognize generic words and phrases. How, what evidence, okay, denotes that the public has grown to rely upon that generic word or phrase and associated it with a company. Yeah, I like that she did the same thing I did. She gave side eye to booking.com in her, in her um, concurrence by saying, I'm not sure your evidence is what we would use to make this decision. I mean, she didn't actually call, call them out, but it's pretty close. I mean, if, if I am in the leadership of the Patent and Trademark Office, I would focus on Sotomayor's concurrence and come up with some rules and regulations, okay, that have been properly vetted through the uh, informal rulemaking process. Uh, because again, you know, reliant issue, you know, you know, the issue of reliance. We ought to come up with some rule because the Supreme Court pretty overwhelmingly said our previous regulation doesn't work. On the other hand, you got, you got Breyer's dissent. And yes, I have joked before that there's not a, 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 a rule issued by a federal government agency that Breyer doesn't like, okay? But he raises a really good point here, okay? Which is, how does this promote competition? If right. one of the purposes of encouraging trademarks, patents, copyrights, etc., is to promote competition in our economic system, okay, uh, a really creative, innovative either person or firm could go ahead and remove from potential trademark, from potential consideration for a brand, Okay, simply by applying for and receiving a trademark. Well, and it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it benefits larger sure companies that are doing that, right? Like when, when, so you guys are talking about this, this fella who's done all this, who sunk all these, this money into sort of thwarting the Redskins <laughs> um, management. He had to have money to do that. Like, I, I think I could speak for the three of us and say, I don't think we together could probably put in the kind of money that you would have to put in to have merchandise and pay all the domain fees and do all that kind of stuff in the hope that at some point we force somebody into a corner. Like that, you have to have, there. there's money involved in that. There's money involved in squatting and sitting on something, right? Mm -hmm. It's sunk cost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's not a thing that little businesses could do. Well, and you also have to have a lot of free time. You also have a, <laughs> you also need to have a, 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 
uh, a level of creativity in your thought process um, that most of us who get ground down by the, you know, eight to five um, and everything else going on in our lives. I mean, you know, we're staying up and we're not staying up until two o'clock in the morning thinking of ways that we can go ahead and come up with new trademarks, right? Okay, that is well, a concern. Hey, that's, you that's and I not... probably are, but Hillary probably is. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you were saying, there's nothing in the Constitution about trademarks. I'm like, you know, she'd change that if she could, right? She'd put in an amendment <laughs> with trademarks and copyright and, you know, and open access. She'd make everything open access by law, I'm assuming. Is that what you would do, Hillary? If I were changing up copyright, if you were changing the constitution to put an amendment in there about, about mm -hmm. copyright, I would treat, uh, yeah, I would treat creative. Well, that's a whole mess. Where's the line, a spectrum. I would create a spectrum of protection for more creative works versus more factual works. Cause when we talk about access to research articles and laws and things like this, I don't think it needs to be the life of the author plus 70 years. Um, for a lot of these works that to me that does not encourage the kind of stuff that the Constitution set out to encourage you know creation of new knowledge and actually this is interesting you mentioned Breyer because it made me go back and take a closer look at the Supreme Court decision about uh, the last time they extended copyright law and this is a similar breakdown that decision majority opinion was written by Ginsburg in a 7-2 decision with Breyer dissenting yep. also saying how is this extension of even more years for copyright actually fulfilling the purpose of, you know, encouraging more creativity? So I agree with him there. And I'm similarly disappointed um, in, yeah, in, in Ginsburg in that decision for they just, I think they just sort of took publishers and lobbyists at their word and saying, oh yeah, more copyright is that's good. It'll encourage creators to do more creative things because even though they'll be dead, people will still get <laughs> to charge money for their, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Now, well, and I get now, why Hillary, you, I mean, uh, go ahead. I, I'm aware of the case you were talking about in regards to um, Congress extending the copyright protection, the, the life of the author plus, you know, what is it? 70, 70. years. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't read the uh, oral argument transcript in that case. I did read the oral argument transcript in this case. And if anything, um, I, I think the lawyers for the government did a really bad job at explaining what would be some of the potential implications or repercussions, okay? Um, and I'm not entirely sure if they would have been able to peel away any of the votes from the majority, but nevertheless, there is an argument to be made um, that flows from Breyer's dissent, okay? And, and, and again, um, are we to a point to where, and we talked about this previously, uh, uh, Nia and Hillary, when we talked about copyrights. I mean, we're talking about laws that in some cases were written 50, 60, 70, over 100 years ago. Yep. I mean, it is time to go ahead and update them, okay? Because um, this is a, a changed, if you will, landscape. Um, and if you, think about, if you think about trademarks, okay, and then you add domain name um, as an intervening variable, um, instead of relying upon folks in the patent and trademark office interacting with the courts, perhaps the people's representatives ought to go ahead and uh, come up with a new law that goes ahead and clarifies changed conditions on the ground. Yeah, just a humble we're, suggestion. Right? Yeah, we're in an entirely different world just in my lifetime. Like in my lifetime, computers were not a thing people had. And now in my lifetime, they are on your wrist. They're, they're so small. And Elon Musk is talking about sticking them directly into your brain. Like, although, you know, he's Elon Musk. But I'm just saying that it's potential <laughs> that in my lifetime, that will actually be a thing, right? It's changing so quickly. So I do want to ask a question, though. I have a question, uh, a, a sort of a um, base question here, because I don't know the answer, or 
I think I know the answer, but I'm maybe wrong. Isn't there, there's a, there's an organization that, that decides what n domain names will be, right? Yes. yes. And yes. that organization, like for a long time, it was .com, .org, .edu, .mil, .gov, <laughs> and, and that was pretty much it, right? Like those were the biggie .net. And then, and then I remember there was a, there was, as to use Hillary's word, kerfuffle, which I do like. Um, there was a kerfuffle about adding dot .xxx. Hmm. And then, it, like, has it just gone on from there where we've added dot fill in the blank Bob's your uncle word? Yeah, so the organization is ICANN, which is ICANN, I, uh, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. Um, which kind of sprung out of the invention of the internet, and it was sort of a guy's side project. And he <laughs> somebody ought to organize this. Yeah, well, no, he was he had like helped you know build the internet, and he was sort of doing it on the side. And he eventually realized, oh wow, I'm I cannot be the god of this internet and name <laughs> all of the creatures on the on the earth. Um, oh, he and was, so, there was just one guy giving out all the names for a while. Yeah. And so wow. he, so what they did was they I think it was under like Department of Commerce or something. They it was sort of a semi governmental thing. I think maybe even it just formed a, an independent organization that was contracting with the government for a really long time. And then um, I, I don't know, decade, couple decades ago, they moved out of the government. They became this independent California, um, I don't know if it's Silicon Valley or whatever, independent company who's giving out these domain names. But you're right, most of the time, I mean, when you think of it, you think of the .com, the .net, and things like that. And then they have the country codes. Oh, right. If you've seen .us, before. .us, .ru, Yeah, and you see people FR. not just using those for countries, but for creative uses. Um, so, for example, um, Tuvalu uh, has .tv as their domain and so they have set up all kinds of pro uh, revenue sharing agreements with folks who want to, companies yep. that want to use a .tv domain. So there's a lot of creative uses of that kind of thing. Oh, that's really smart. I mean, that's really yeah. cool. They, they got lucky with a really, well, we are .us. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to, to have a domain where it was like love us, right, mm -hmm. L-O-V-E .us, because yep. you were, a, I don't know, a, a, a match company or a florist company or whatever. Yeah. Something related to Valentine's. Yeah. But anyway, oh, okay, that's really cool with TV. Yeah. But there are so some people right, are stuck are... with really like ones that that wouldn't work, right? Like France, FR. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work. Nope. Nobody's going to want to, nobody's going to want to use their stuff. Except unless you had something where you wanted to sell furs. But that's it. That's pretty much it. They they limited. They're very limited in in these things they could set up. Okay, so were the company codes set up early on in the in the development of the web? Do you know? I don't actually know. How I mean, one were, would think yeah. that would that would need to be one of the earliest organizational things, right? Because. Or maybe not. Maybe the earliest organizational thing is, is it an organization or a, or a company? But I think it, it probably started out that way, yeah. And then, okay, but also we're, we're, there is a significant pushback to any kind of regulation of even domain names because there are still folks who believe that the internet should be completely unregulated. Yes, those people are, are uh, bonkers. <laughs> That's the technical term is bonkers. It, well. And the reason I say that is because there is enough darkness on the internet without taking off the sort of veneer of polite people don't do that sort of thing. I'm just saying that if I were writing that Supreme Court opinion, it would be like, no, that's bonkers. There has to be regulation. I will at least say I am Some uncomfortable with the fact that it gets to be this sort of independent American organization that gets to pick, make all of these decisions for the whole world. So if you, whole world. So if you remember a few years ago, there was the um, kerfuffle again over um, <laughs> Amazon. The company wanted to create .amazon domain 
and uh, like a cooperative organization for the Amazon rainforest came forward and was like, no, you can't do that. You can't have everything. Um, we, you know, like, like, we... you can't have everything. <laughs> I wonder if anybody says that to Jeff Bezos at this point, isn't he the wealthiest person in the universe? You can't have everything. Yes, I can. Um, and well, I mean, they lost. They gave it. Yeah, they gave. You're right. They gave it to the company. He did get. You know everything he wanted there. So there's. You know they're making. They're making pretty big decisions for the whole world, and that always makes me uncomfortable when it just uh, just happens to be the U.S. that's doing that. How interesting. Well, I mean, he, he, earlier this week, um, was it two days ago? So the uh, the week we are recording, uh, the United States Congress held hearings. Uh, oh, with the big uh, four. Yeah, with the big four. Uh, you're talking about Amazon, Google, Facebook, and one other uh, internet company. Uh, Apple. Uh, Apple. Yeah, okay. And I mean, in, in part of the questioning um, was the extent to which these companies are now engaging in anti-competitive behavior. Um, I mean, and if you look at the holdings of these companies, you know, it's Google just doesn't do searches. It's not just oh. a search engine. Uh, right? It's search business is like the tiniest part of it. Yes. Right. Money making. I, I think data storage is it's. It's huge. It's right? one of its I mean, bigger, larger chunks of what it does financially. I mean, if you think about Facebook's uh, uh, applications into advertising and other social media. Amazon isn't just, you know, the, the, the Amazon, the, the company just doesn't, um, you know, deliver packages to your front door. Okay, they own newspapers, they do media now, right? I mean, it's pretty hard to disentangle Amazon um, in regards to the number of industries that they do have a hand in. Right. And, and, and if you think about, for instance, uh, going back to Breyer's dissent in the booking.com case, um, how does that promote competition? Right. It, well, and that's, a, there's a lot of questions about antitrust, especially with, with Amazon and how Amazon operates because little companies get on there, they sell something, then Amazon takes figures a out a way to undercut Yes, and and then little companies go out of business. Um, I, I we have colleagues at the library who, when you bring up Amazon, their face does a whole thing, and then they're like, "I hate Amazon." I um, I am I think one of those people who wants to have my cake and eat it too, because I don't want Amazon's name to necessarily be protected as far as like the rainforest and that kind of thing is concerned. But by the same token, I am guilty of buying things from Amazon, like part of part of the difficulty here i think is the 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 balance between convenience and protecting competition right yeah so it's easy that... enough for people to say go to your local mom and pop store but the reality is walmart has put most of my mom and pop stores locally out of business like and so I could go to a mom and pop store, but I would have to drive a lot further. It's going to cost me more money, right? There's all these things that happen and you have, so you have to make those decisions um, and be able to live with them. And I think that's, that's one of the complicating factors here. I'm a little appalled that it wasn't closer in the vote. You know what I mean? Like everybody's looking at Briar, like what, what's wrong with you? Get on board. And, and, and I'm like, no, he's got a point. You can't, if you take generalized words, if we take the word computer and you say computer.com, nobody else can use the word computer except me. That's, I go back to my word, bonkers. Like it's, it's not, it's not a tenable situation. That's what I'm wondering is, is what the next lawsuit is going to do is, is I, sus I suspect say, where is that line? Where is the line with what what actually is recognized as as copyrightable or trademarkable i don't know maybe this did answer the question but it doesn't seem like it answered it for me 
No, I mean, there, there, there are going to be some significant implications. Um, um, Can we talk about that a little bit? What do you see coming down the pike? What do you both see coming down the pike after this? Well, Hillary, I think, can go ahead and speak more specifically about trademarks. But, yeah. I mean, this case in some ways was a proxy for another debate on the Supreme Court. And that is the extent to which courts should defer to agency rules and expertise. Again, going back to the authorizing legislation in regards to trademarks, okay, that legislation was written, I believe, in the 1940s, 1950s. Um, and it's remarkably vague and gives a lot of discretion to the Patent and Trademark Office. Um, it would not have surprised me if a number of the conservatives who signed on to Ginsburg's majority opinion did so not because they necessarily care about trademarks, but they like the fact that the federal courts are being encouraged to openly scrutinize agency rules and regulations. So the case was in some ways, I think for some of the conservatives on the court, a proxy for a larger debate as to the extent to which federal courts should defer to agency expertise. Now, to trademark specifically, Hillary, what do you think some of the implications might be? Well, I think so. From what I've seen in the IP community, people discussing this, a lot of people are saying, based on the decision, and like you said, if they start, um, if the uh, Upto starts thinking along the lines of Sotomayor's um, concurring opinion, that this doesn't necessarily mean it's just a free-for-all. Yes. On, on domain names that there's still a pretty high bar you're going to have to go through and you're if even if you do these surveys these surveys aren't cheap they can cost hundreds or thousands of dollars um so you know if you're going to start doing that as you're registering it's not necessarily going to be something that every single person starting a company or a product and grabbing a domain name is going to be able to do and there's still a high bar for proving that this is the case but i think you can expect to see maybe an uptick just generally in the number of people trying this out um, especially if they have are they're just running an e-commerce site like you said now what i think is interesting is in digging into this i did not realize how many other types of um, like top level domains there are registered with ICANN that are not really being used or at least are not sort of in the um, in people's minds as a possibility um, and I am super interested because it seems like over the last 10 years there's been this huge surge in the number of these and so what I mean by that are things like Johnson and Johnson owns dot baby um, no Am way. Yeah. yeah. A Amazon owns, as, as we saw, dot Amazon. They also own um, dot book. They own dot bot. Um, they own all, all kinds of endings. No, um, no, 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 yeah, no, and no. You, and there's an amazing list on Wikipedia where you can find all these. So it's not just the country codes now. Um, there's dot camera. There's dot cheap. There's dot Christmas. There's dot. Wait, somebody owns Christmas. Yeah. Does Bill O'Reilly know this? <laughs> because I'm just going to say that is a war on Christmas. Wow. So what you're telling me is that this quasi. Well, they're not even governmental. They're not even quasi governmental at this point, right? This private company can just pell mell willy nilly give you a domain dot because why why i mean yeah and it's not quite willingly they've, they've, they've got uh representatives from like i think hundreds of nations on some you know okay. board thing they've got they've got really structured bylaws for how this works but yeah they they decide what these are now the interesting thing is the term for these are generic top level domains so by nature they are just generic terms for a concept, a type of product, uh, yep. something or another. But when you add it into another generic term, does that make it unique enough? So there's dot flowers. Um, what if it was like buy flowers, dot flowers? Wait a minute, is that FTD? Oh, yeah. 
that's a unit registry <laughs> is one there's there's this company called donuts that their whole thing is that they just own about 250 of these domains that's what their company is what about and so what you have to register with them to use that ending is that so if you wanted like buy redroses.flowers as a website you would have to pay them to have that website right yeah how I get, that yeah. works I you'd have so, to pay yeah. them to use the the domain you register with them for their domain so yeah they've got a whole they've got a whole thing going there um, yeah that's a crazy business but it would it's very clever i guess but yeah so so if you start adding in you know combining generic terms together is that are basically you know we thought we thought it was bad enough by just adding dot <laughs> com to all of these words what happens when you have a few hundred other generic words that you get to mix and match but people don't it what okay that's interesting to me on, on any number of levels it's terrifying to me that somebody owns dot baby um but it also is interesting that's not they're not being used right like i've never had somebody say go to our website it's it's talcumpowder.baby right like it's it's always something.com it, it there's such okay. a built habit for .com i don't know okay, people would put in and type it and not be able to cuz they would in, inevitably put .com at the end Okay, but think about this, Nia. Okay, you know, you talked about being old enough to remember when, you know, not everybody had computers. Yes, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Okay, yes. thank you very much. Yes, okay, <laughs> dinosaurs like you and me. But nevertheless, think about it in terms of domain names. Okay, um, you know, I remember when it was basically either uh, .gov or .edu before the business community began to use the internet. Yeah, when I was way back when then I was it in high school. .com. Yeah. You went ahead and mentioned .XXX, okay, which relates to a particular industry. Yes. Okay. Um, so theoretically, okay, let's say Amazon does become the king and queen of everything in everybody's world, okay? because they have the domain name think about the kind of control they could go ahead and have over what goes on on that domain site right that's you know for some yeah going out and buying dot baby is brilliant if you can get people to use it that's that's right okay in that that is the sky is falling scenario right yeah, just an, just another middleman who is deciding who gets to have what may someday become the legitimate seeming domain ending. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's a happy thought to end on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can do better than that. Let's think of something else. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just going to say that that whenever i talk to y'all i'm always like i'm optimistic well i'm less optimistic okay now i'm really worried about whatever it is um except that i i do think that this will i, I do think that you're saying when when you were saying that the, leaning on sotomayor is probably the way the agency is going to go because it's going to be stricter it's going to be a little more sort of you can't just pick a word yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna do desk and prevent anybody from ever using desk in something blah 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 or whatever um i like that there's at least i think some guards in the system um i appreciate you both thinking that that's probably still going to be likely that they're probably going to go more with her than they are with the broader ginsburg treatment um, yeah, I mean, it will it will keep them out of court, I would assume, which is why they would adopt it. I would assume they would adopt something a little more specific because they don't want to keep having these lawsuits over and over with why won't you give me whatever name it is that I'm thinking that I that I want to trademark. I mean, yeah, and Nia, what I'm getting at here is you know a pretty well established bureaucratic pathology, which is agencies don't necessarily want federal courts to determine policy for them, right? 
I mean, they they were hired because they are they are the experts, right? Right. And 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 they have the authority given to them by Congress to issue rules and regulations. If the court has ruled, okay, that um, uh, that companies may be able to go ahead and get trademarks for generic words and phrases. Um, you know, I, I got to think that there are uh, folks in the patent and trademark office that are going to be like, okay, if this is a thing now, okay, let's create a rule or regulation that provides, if you will, a framework for how we're going to process these kinds of trademark applications going forward. That's good governing. That's good policy implementation, right? You know, it's kind of sort of like, you know, uh, if you're, uh, you know, you guys are librarians. If you get enough, okay, of a particular type of request, at some point in time, you either say to your superior or you bring it up at a staff meeting and say, hey guys, is anybody else getting these kinds of requests? Are you in this kind of situation? And if enough people sitting around the table say yes, what do you do? You come up with a policy to deal with it, right? Likewise, you know, if enough faculty members get enough of a certain type of request from a whole bunch of students, you know, what do we come up with? Okay, in the, and in this case, in the best bureaucratic, if you will, sense, right? We're like, Hey, we ought to have a policy, right? <laughs> there ought to be a law. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. I mean, if it happens enough, I mean, and let's face it, okay? Um, I think the three of us, okay, found a lot to like in Sotomayor's concurrence, right? Uh, we're all over the map in regards to the majority versus the dissent, right? But, okay, Sotomayor pointed out, if you will, um, uh, uh, something that not only the federal courts, but the agency can go ahead and say, hmm, what would be quality evidence to suggest that a generic word or phrase, okay, is worthy of receiving a trademark? How are we going to process this, right? And this is one of those instances where I tell people who are anti-government, Okay, anti-bureaucracy. No, 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 folks. This is why we have, okay, the modern administrative state. Okay, these are smart people who've gone ahead and recognized, hey, this is a thing. Okay, and I know that, you know, that's broad and generic, if you will, but it's a thing, right? So how are we going to do it? How are we going to address it? Are we going to do it fairly and yeah. equitably and yeah right what, what's the what's the evidence and make sure be? that each that each time this comes through we're not being capricious and arbitrary yeah and it seems like the time is right to start doing this you know i would say like we're past time with how long this kind of e-commerce has been around because now looking at all of these other domain endings i'm like is it going to be right they're going to come up with a rule that applies pretty well to dot com and then in five, 10 years, we're gonna see dozens of other common endings and they're gonna to have to rework the rules again. It's just the same way that copyright or any other area works where it's just the, the context is constantly changing and you know, we can't, we can't let it get too outdated or else it's, yeah. Or then you have yeah. these, these ginormous shifts, which mm -hmm. is what you get in this kind of case. Um, by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, it's an enormous shift. Hey, Hillary, is Dot Library on that list? Well, that's a great question. Because if hey, it's not, you and get I, it? yeah, you get it? hello, how hard would it be to get? It's probably only a couple hundred bucks. I don't see it on there. <gasps> okay, well, we should get it before this airs. How about Dot Coffee? Oh, man, surely someone has that. Now, this is Wikipedia, so it may not have everything, but... Uh... Dot coffee. Up, oh, someone's got doc. Donuts has dot coffee. Donut, donuts, <laughs> donuts has and coffee. Okay, that makes sense. But they don't have library. <laughs> Hillary, there's our opening. <laughs> what are we gonna do with it? We're gonna make library merchandise. We're gonna we're gonna do something cool. Libraries. I don't know. I'm gonna think about this. Um, 
<clears throat> I know that civil discourse, like you can't do, you can't do words together like that. At least I think that there's a rule about that, that you can't do, like More we can't do something word. dot civil discourse, like it has to be one word. So I, we should have thought about that before we named the podcast, but oh well. I, I mean, obviously we were also thinking about Oh, I don't know. Civil discourse when we named the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were kind of sort of just hoping that you know some people would listen to us. Yes, <laughs> and we are grateful for the people who do. Thank you, thank yes. you so much for Hillary, Hillary, for coming and hanging out with us today and talking to us about this. Um, I feel certain that there'll be more at some point that this will come back up because this can't be the last thing. No, um, no. Uh, there's this, there's no way that this is the end of the end. And I can't wait. Maybe we could, maybe we can have you back when it, when and, or if the Washington team decides what to do with themselves. Um, and you and Augie could have a sports fest about how teams, <laughs> teams deal with all of their trademarky stuff. Cause I know that they go after people who infringe. Oh. Like oh, hardcore, so yes. that'll be kind of interesting to listen to you guys talk about that. Um, sort of like me going to a baseball game without having to be outside. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, hey, I I love baseball, but I like it from inside my air conditioned apartment. <laughs> anyway, thank you both so much, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, All right. thanks, Mia. Thanks, Elizabeth. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.